Are you ready? Hey, everybody. Hey, folks. Hello, everybody. People in the back. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the inner loop. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the inner loop. Without further ado. Without further ado. Okay, so without further ado, we're going to get started. We should get started. We're yeah. Rolling. I'm rolling. We're, we're gonna get started. Welcome to the Inner Loop Radio and our special quarantine inspiration series. I'm Sean Felix. These short episodes are here to provide you with inspiration in a challenging time in all of our lives. Maybe writing doesn't feel important to you right now. Maybe you're busier than ever juggling childcare and work, self-care and survival. Or maybe it's just too hard to concentrate on anything creative. We're here to help. Or at least give you a break. So turn the screen off on your phone, quiet your mind, and take a deep breath or several. Follow me on a creative journey. When the stay-at-home orders for the pandemic began coming down the line, I had the greatest fear that I would lose track of time. Even so, the seasons act as stark reminders. Spring turned to summer, summer to autumn, and as the days get shorter and the air gets colder, I know that winter is coming. Many of us are still trapped in the same physical environment, only logging into a Zoom room to connect with people and time still possesses a nebulous state. Most days it gets broken down into simple states like light and dark, waking and sleep, undressed or mostly dressed. But within that nebula or wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff, as the doctor would call it, I have found some inspiration to mark the passing days and connect to the world around me. Each morning, I wake before the rest of my household and I grab three books, The Complete Haiku of Basho, and two translations of the Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu, one by D.C. Lao and the other by Ursula K. Le Guin. I read one passage from the Tao, the Lao first, then the Le Guin. She translates the scholasticism of Taoism into the simple poetry and nuance of Lao Tzu's lessons. I sit and meditate on these words, trying to connect with some deeper value of an examined life. I've read the Tao off and on for the past 20 years, and each time I read it, I find a new value, a new calm that comes out of those lessons from 2,500 years ago. A recent passage I've taken to heart is number 37. The way never does anything, and everything gets done. If those in power could hold to the way, the 10,000 things would look after themselves. If even so they tried to act, I'd quiet them with the nameless, the natural. In the unnamed, in the unshapen, is not wanting. And not wanting is stillness, In stillness, all under heaven rests. The way I reflected on this today is that we spend so much time thinking about the things we miss about the world before the pandemic, that we lose sight of the world that we have both externally and internally. 
We need to savor the quiet moments that we have to reflect on who we are and the nature of our world. After the Tao, I read at least 15 to 20 of Basho's haiku. Here are some of my favorites. Though it's cold, two sleeping together tonight feels comfortable. Spring night, someone in retreat is lovely in the temple corner. Still, I want to see a flower in first light, a god's face. With young leaves, I would like to wipe away the tears in your eyes. Fleas and lice, now a horse pisses by my pillow. Each time I read his haiku is revelatory. The simplicity of the moment carries an exquisite power, a stark reality, and sometimes a coarse humor. You come to realize that everything sacred and profane can have its own story. So I offer you this prompt that I do every day. Find something near you. Think about an experience you've had today or engage with the experience of listening to this podcast. You're going to write about the singular thing or moment from three different perspectives using the haiku form. If you're unfamiliar with the haiku, it is a three-line poem that follows a five-seven-five syllable or sound unit pattern. So, first line, five syllables, second line, seven syllables, third line, five syllables. You'll probably notice that the haiku I read by Basho don't sound like they follow that pattern, and that is because the syllables in Japanese words don't follow an English syllable pattern in translation. Writing in English, I am fairly traditional and stick to the 575 syllable format of the haiku. Usually, a haiku will also have a cutting word and a seasonal reference. For our purposes here, and because the pandemic sort of creates a special circumstance, I would count the pandemic as its own season. Lastly, and possibly most importantly, your haiku should be written in the present tense. Using this prompt, I wrote about waking up and getting a haircut at home, a pandemic experience I have come to appreciate. Soft electric morning, counting the horizon lights, brown eyes awaken. Electric razor hum, gray hair blows across the deck into damp gardens. Rivulets whisper, a late autumn cleansing song, the dome of heaven. As I began my process of daily haiku, I was searching for quote-unquote poetic moments. But every part of our life isn't imbued with some sort of poetic significance. In fact, most of our lives are fairly mundane. However, this process made me reflect on aiming to fully experience every part of our waking life. The daily haiku emerges somewhere between the modes of significance and experience. For my writing... I will probably return to long-form poetry at some point, but my experience with haiku is growing into something deeper. I've gone from writing one haiku a day now to producing four or five. This season of haiku will end with the winter solstice, and I'll begin writing an entirely new winter cycle. I'm collecting the spring and autumn haiku into volume one of a five-volume series. These poems have given me a deeper appreciation for my interior life and the ability to express my experience 
as a writer and as a black person in the United States. Almost all of the black experience in the U.S. has been related through externalities and reacting to the imminent dangers of incarceration or death. But we are pushing past this reactionary living. We are pushing past living in fear. We can see this as more and more stories and art are created and produced by black creators and the internal life of black people is breaking through. One of the most beautifully produced examples of this confrontation of the black experience paired with an existential contemplation has to be the recent Lovecraft Country series on HBO. It may be considered genre fair by many, but that confrontation of what it means to be a black family and the exploration of being fully yourself as a black person in this world is expertly done. We all need to move toward a contemplative life. For this world to survive, we all need to find our interior spaces. Sometimes it can feel that when we go inside, we are pulling away from everyone else, which is probably an especially stark feeling these days. But this feeling is not truth. In many ways, because we have forgotten ourselves, we don't know who we can be with each other. We've spent so much time being reactive that we have created a transactional relationship with the world and each other rather than the symbiosis we need to survive. This quarantine life will end and being ever-present will be essential to re-engaging each other in order to rebuild our world. Take the time. So, that's our show. Join us every Friday for more writing tips, inspiration, and prompts. To find out more about us, visit us at theinnerlooplit.org. And when you turn your screen back on, don't forget to hit that subscribe button next to our name. I'm Sean Felix for The Inner Loop Radio. Right on.